It's Dr. Patricia. Welcome back. It's June. It is the beginning of summer. And June is also National Safety Health Awareness Month. And because it's summer, that means a lot more time around bodies of water, like having fun at the pool or the lake. So in today's episode, I'm going to tell you how to keep your children safe around bodies of water and to remind you of things that maybe just sometimes slips our minds as parents that we can do to make sure that our children stay safe this summer. Stay tuned. Welcome and thank you for listening to the Dr. Mom Sage Advice Podcast. Are you a single mom who is tired of feeling overwhelmed by doing it all? Have you been asking yourself, what is my real purpose outside of motherhood and my career? Are you tired of yelling, feeling mom guilt at the end of the day? If you're ready to go from chaos to confidence in your mindset and in parenting, then this is the place for you. Here we are authentic, transparent, and frankly, we're here to burst all of those mom guilt bubbles and empower you to take back control of your life so you can go from just surviving in motherhood to thriving and walking confidently in your best purpose-filled life God intended for you. I'm your host, Dr. Catricia, a board-certified bilingual pediatrician. I'm also fellowship-trained in pediatric urgent care medicine. That's just my fancy title for the weekdays, but 24-7, I'm the proud single mommy of my little wild mini-me toddler. I'm also a postpartum depression survivor. Now, I'm on a mission to empower other single moms to take back control of their life. Through candid conversations, we will learn, be encouraged, inspired, and committed to making practical changes so we can be our best selves for the queen who reigns already inside of us. So sit back and relax, mommy. This is your time to unwind. Go ahead, grab your favorite drink, pour me one too, queen, because it's time for our girl talk. Let's talk about all things motherhood, mindset, and even medicine. No, not like medicine, medicine, but you know, remember, I'm a pediatrician. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you some pediatric tips on how to parent, right? I hope that you love listening to and learning from the podcast. But please remember, it's not intended to be a substitution for a physician-patient relationship. I queen. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. It's June. It's summertime. It's time to go to festivals and barbecues and hang out with our family and a little less restrictions than we had last summer. And that's fun. I know so many people are excited to do things now that more of us are vaccinated and we've been practicing social distancing and our children can now be with their family members and their older adults who have been vaccinated. And summer is just great because we've been in the house for so long. Maybe you've been virtual schooling or still doing homeschooling, or maybe you've been doing schooling in person. But whatever it is, we all know that we deserve and need this break. And in addition to it being summer, June is also National Safety Month. And I want to talk about water safety because here on the Dr. Mom Sage Advice podcast, we talk about all things motherhood, mindset, 
and medicine. So I want to talk to you as a pediatrician and a mother of a young child about water safety because this is so important for our children. Now, I don't know if you knew, but I didn't realize that not including boat incident, boating incidents, but on average, every day, 10 people die from a drowning episode in the United States. And that's facts that come from Injury Facts, which is an annual statistical report on unintentional injuries produced by the National Safety Council. You know, drowning is a leading cause, and actually the second leading cause of preventable death through age 15. Although we see more drowning deaths peak among the one and two-year-olds are toddlers. And why is that? Well, toddlers are naturally curious, right? They want to know what's in that bucket. What's behind that dresser? What is that little bitty microscopic color red that I see in the carpet 500 yards from where I'm standing? (laughs) They notice everything. And as a parent, we have to do our due diligence to protect them in every way that we possibly can by getting actually on their level to see what they see and to try to think 15 steps ahead of where they're going to head next, right? So here are some practical tips and reminders to keep your children safe because the statistics are very alarming and children are very curious and we want them to have fun this summer, but we also want to make sure that we're protecting them and that we prevent these injuries and these deaths from occurring. So, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, right? But I have to say it. We shouldn't be going near bodies of water unless we know how to swim or we are wearing a life jacket that is approved by the U.S. Coastal Guard. So, if you're on a boating trip, if you're doing fishing, canoeing, kayaking, a life jacket should be worn and should be properly fitted and, again, approved by the U.S. Coastal Guard. Like You want to look for that um, approval when you're purchasing the lifeguards for your children. And life jackets are available for all ages, just like swim lessons are. Also remember to never allow your child to swim alone. Even if they've had swimming lessons, It is not drown proof. They should always be supervised. And it's so important to tell your children who are swimmers to never house play, to rough house play with each other. What could appear to be fun could potentially turn into something where they are not able to catch their breath because they're laughing, having fun, and then they swallow a little bit of water. um, And we don't want that ever to happen. So we always want to make sure we're doing safe touches, soft touches, and not doing a lot of horse playing inside of the water. Remember, lifeguards are not babysitters. There should always be a designated water watcher, is what you could call her or him, um, maybe in like 15 or 20 increments. And that doesn't mean oh, the water watcher is scrolling social media or the water watcher is having a conversation with Janet, who she hasn't seen in the past year because of quarantine. Like, no, legit, that person should be undistracted and focused, not dividing their attention, but to actually be the person who has eyes on every child in the pool, in the body of water at that time. And of course, rotate as needed. 
And whoever the water watcher is should not be consuming alcohol while they are watching the children or if they're partaking in the water activities as well, because we don't want to be disinhibited and we want to be on our game and keep our children safe. Okay. In addition to being a water watcher, everyone who's of age, particularly our adults and our older teenagers, should be CPR certified and learn basic rescue techniques. This is life-saving and you will never know when you have to utilize these skills. So it's so important, especially if you own a pool or you have a pool in your neighborhood or you visit bodies of water like the lake very often as family trips. It's so important to have these life-saving skills inside of your tool belt to be able to perform if, God forbid, it's ever needed, okay? If you do swim, always swim in areas that are supervised by lifeguards, so whether we're at the beach or we're at a pool, um, but remember, the lifeguard is not the babysitter, okay? So that's some general rules for like older children. So let's get more back into those curious toddlers. What can we do to help keep them safe? Number one, think about how a toddler would think. What do they see? That's fun. That's anything that has to do with water, really. So let's start with the bathrooms. Making sure the door is closed and outside of use. So a door lock um, that they are unable to get into. Um, even if you do have a door lock, make sure that you also have a latch for the toilet. Thank God we have outgrown those days here at my house because I remember the days of really trying to run to the toilet and pull down those pants and I'm like, this stupid latch. But it makes all the difference because you guys, a drowning can happen for younger children ages like one to four mobile children can happen in just only one inch of water, one inch depth of water. And that's so like, um, it's like a wow moment. Like really? Like, yes, only it only takes one inch in the depth of water to cause a drowning. So think about a toddler who's like, oh, what is that? Like in sticking their hand down into the toilet or topples over and then can't get out because of the body weight um, proportion. Um, it can happen. I remember walking into the bathroom. I had a child had finished her bath and um, I don't even think we we're doing a bath at the time, knowing her. We were just like doing something in her room and her, and her playroom has a bathroom attached to it. And I stepped away for seconds, like always. And I walked back in and she had dropped her little fishies from the pool that we play with into the toilet. Like, okay, makes sense to her. It's water. But just think about in that moment, like just something as simple as wanting to play with a toy or being curious about what's down there. Number one, let's not talk about how uh, mm, disgusting that is. But also number two, like God forbid, that could have been more of a dangerous situation. So um, she was about three, closer to three then. So I'd already take the latches off, but that's a note to myself that probably my three-year-old still needed those toilet latches. But I definitely recommend toilet latches for younger children, okay? The other thing you want to remember is to empty any buckets of water, any like recycling trash bins that are outside, any buckets that you've used to clean your car or to wipe around the house, like a mop bucket. You never want standing water to be in there because um, that still can attract a child to be curious and to play. 
And remember, it only takes one inch depth of water to cause a drowning incident, okay? So other bodies of water that sometimes we forget about or don't think about would be like just draining the bathtub after they take their bath. We can get so busy and pull them out, dry them all, put the lotion on, get the pajamas on, and then forget to drain in the moment. Um, and you want to remember, just kind of have a check and balance. Like if you have a partner in the home, maybe someone is um, going to do the bath time and the bedtime routine, and then the other can do the cleaning up. So always make sure you drain the bathtub water immediately afterwards. Other things like... Um, bird fountains or whatever you may have in your backyard, like in your garden. Again, if you have younger children or grandchildren who are visiting, always make sure that, that wa those water reservoirs are empty so that's not a source of potential drowning for that child, okay? When your child is playing um, and you guys are making it a pool day or even a water splash pad day, I know it goes without saying, but I have to say it, never leave your child alone. And never allow another child to be the supervision for a younger child, even in the bathtub. Literally, tragedies happen in a split second. So if that phone rings, it has to be ignored. If there's someone at the door, well, Uber Eats just needs to leave the food <laughs> on the porch or the Jehovah's Witnesses need to come back tomorrow. Or check the ring doorbell and see if it really needs to be answered. And if it does the child needs to get out of the bathtub with you if you're the only one that's able to answer the door at the time, okay? Never leave your child alone. You have to take your child with you. So whether that's a potty break at the pool and your teenager doesn't want to get out or someone needs a snack, if you don't have a designated adult water watcher, take your child with you, okay? Lifeguards, I've said it already, but lifeguards are not babysitters and you always want to have an eye on your child, okay? Don't allow your child, even if they pass swimming lessons, to be alone in bodies of water. So whether that's at the lake, um, at a friend's pool, and you're at your pool, you always want to make sure that there are ground rules and boundaries regarding being able to get into the body of water. So there needs to be permission. I teach my four-year-old now when we're at hotels or we're at our pool um, where we live that, you know, she sees me sitting things down and she's so excited. She gets to take in her shoes off and wants to run to um, the water, the waiting area, and, you know, always have to correct her behavior and tell her, we don't run. We don't run near this area because it's slippery. We can fall and hurt ourselves. And we also don't want to slip into the body of water. We also have another rule in place, which is we're not allowed to approach any body of water if we don't have our vest on, Okay. The next rule is you need permission. That really should be the first rule. And she's like, you need permission to check in with me. Be making eye contact. You have a verbal confirmation that you can then get in the water. And when your child is a weak swimmer or your child is a non-swimmer, remember that you should still be within arm's reach of them. So we call that touch supervision, okay? So in our instances, my daughter has been in and out of swimming lessons since she was probably about five months. And then we stopped for a while because she had this aversion. We'll get there. It was a whole, whole dramatic fiasco with that. And so now we've been on the fence and she's right at that age developmentally where she should be back on swim lessons. And I've been priming her that, hey, we're going to do this again. <laughs> because she understands the importance. Um, 
uh, being able to enjoy water, but to enjoy water um, safely. So touch supervision. So when we're sitting in the waiting area and I'm reading or tanning, I'm literally within an arm's reach, a foot's reach in her space. And I let her know that she only has a certain perimeter that she can play within. Because again, drownings can happen in an instant. And again, you've heard me say, and only one inch depth of water. Okay. So number three, when you are inside a body of water, or I should say not inside of a body of water, if you have a body of water at your place of residence, you want to make sure that it is with protection and barriers to prevent drowning. Okay. So things like pool covers and pool alarms are great. But the two of them alone or the two of them together are still not enough. Actually, studies show that having those two in also a fence surrounding all sides of the pool can actually prevent drownings, more than 50% of drownings in younger children. So a fence meaning four foot high, at least 48 inches. It's not climbable and it surrounds the body of water on all sides. This fence should be self-latching and have a self-closing gate. Again, pool arms and pool covers are not enough protection. You need to have a fence surrounding all sides of the body of water. So let's talk about swim lessons. How do you know if your child is ready for swim lessons? Well, every child is different developmentally. And honestly, it can really range in those younger years. Again, remember the highest incidence of drowning risk is in those toddler years because they're so curious. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that usually by the age of four, your child should be in some sort of swimming program. Under the age of four, um, you know, a lot of parents ask about what about infant swimming rescues or those infant rescue swim classes. And at this time, the American Academy of Pediatrics currently does not recommend infant swim classes um, in regards to it having any benefits to prevent drowning because there are no, there's no current evidence to suggest that these infant swim programs for babies under one years of age lower any drowning risk. Really, what the infants are showing at this age are like reflex swimming movements, but they can't yet raise their heads out of the water well enough to breathe. It's totally okay to enroll in a parent-child water play class because it really will help your infant to become acclimated and being in the pool and, it, and also for like socializing and just enjoying the bonding moment with you, okay? So when you're thinking about swim classes for your older toddler, your preschooler, you want to look for programs that, number one, have an experienced and qualified instructor. So these swim instructors should definitely be trained and certified through a nationally recognized swim curriculum. And they also should have lifeguards on duty who have both CPR and first aid certification. 
Another thing to look for in swim programs is really regarding what type of safety habits are they teaching the children as it relates to being in, on, or near water. So when I was looking at swim lessons for my daughter, we started early and we started early for two reasons. The main reason was because we were living in Miami, Florida, and yes, Florida is surrounded by all kinds of bodies of water. And I wanted to acclimate her very soon because of that. And number two, because Florida, like I said, Florida, you know, it's hot. It is so hot. And sometimes the social activity that we would do on a daily basis was go to the pool, even if it was the waiting pool and then our back patio. Like I needed her to be acclimated to water. Um, and I wanted to feel comfortable with how I was holding her and how I was behaving in the water with her as a first time mom. So you want to make sure that they're teaching good safety habits. I started with a class in Miami and it was one-on-one. And the first thing that I was really impressed by was they don't allow you to enter into the body of water holding the baby. Like, and I thought, oh, okay, but it makes sense. It's like the mom, the dad needs to enter going down the steps and we hand the baby before we enter in. I, the instructor was already in the water and I handed the baby to her from the side of the pool, um, whether I knelt down, you know, on the ledge and then handed to her. And then I walked into and entered into the pool in the same way for exiting. They will hold on to the baby while we exit it, grab the towel, and then they would hand to the baby to us from the water while we were sitting outside of the pool. And I really appreciate that. And it really was a safety measure because you don't know if you're going to slip and fall while you're holding the baby or baby's going to get excited and kind of want to flip flop, you know, how toddlers do like come out of your arms, like some little wild crocodile, baby crocodile or something. So safety measures. When we did swim lessons, when she was um, one and a half to around two is when we stopped. Um, I looked at like how the student to teacher ratio, especially as in the older classes, because those children in the older classes who were no longer in the mommy me swim classes were sitting on the side when there was only one instructor per each student. So I think they had maybe like anywhere from three to four students and they would sit them on mats. They had their designated spot that they knew that you could sit in and wait for the teacher instructor to come back to them. The mommy and me classes were held in the same pool, but just a few lanes over. And um, it still was a touch supervision style. So when we were doing drills or kind of um, obstacle courses, um, the parent was always within arm's reach of baby and making sure that there was always direct supervision um, when it's mommy and me or daddy and me, I should say also classes versus the older children, I noticed the safety um, precautions were that the children, there was only one child in the water at a time with each instructor, and they set those rules in the beginning that they are not allowed to enter the body of water um, without permission. So you want to look for safety habits on in, on, and near water, and that they're teaching the children that they should never swim alone or without supervision, and that they also should always ask for permission from their parents or lifeguards or the instructors before they're allowed to get into the pool, okay? I also love how um, they learned how to enter the pool um, in regards to not just jumping in, but like kind of like for the babies and the infants, it was more like this backwards crawl in into like mommy's arms. Um, 
even when it has to come to like rescue swimming and how to get back to the ledge and hold on with both hands. Another thing you want to look for in programs is in regards to what they're teaching the children if they enter the water unexpectedly. Because, you know, it's one thing to learn swimming lessons in swim attire, right? But it's another thing to have to swim in full clothing or when you're swimming in bodies of water that have currents or when you're swimming in a body of water and there's someone that's on top of your back because of like horse playing or something. So you want to look at like at some point in the lessons, do they teach their children what to do? They're unexpectedly pushed into a body of water or find themselves falling into a body of water. Another thing I looked for personally was, could you observe a class? Like I mean, I didn't want to sign her up for these Yes, they're, they can be expensive, but you can also find scholarship programs. And honestly, there are also uh, community programs I've looked into. We've done that once or twice where you may be able to do like seven to 10 free lessons, depending on your child's age, um, especially if they're like mommy and me, daddy and me classes where you're in the water with a child at your local community center. So you just kind of have to do like a Google search um, and see what fits your schedule best. And if they are offering those now because of COVID, because I'm sure they're limiting spots, but there are other cheaper alternatives um, to do swimming lessons. And I chose that after we start our other lessons because she again um, came down with this aversion of, we were actually submerging in water. We made it to that point in our swim lessons, believe it or not, at like age one and a half, two. And I think she may have gotten water her nose once and just freaked out after that. And ever since then, like she, she's smart cookie. Like she caught on to the different um, steps we were doing. And it's like, cause we did it pretty fast. It was like one, two, three, wee! like, and we would put her under. And so she saw the one, two, she just immediately started screaming. And I'm talking about you guys, uh, prima donna screaming so much that I was just like, I don't think the other children are, are really enjoying their swim lessons. So we I had to pull her out for a little bit. And then, of course, COVID came. So we're back into the area where I'm searching for swim lessons again. So you guys put a prayer out there for me and that it goes well this time. But it's so imperative. Um, remember, you also want to make sure that when the children start their lessons, that you're going to be able to see some sort of gradual but consistent progress so that there should be multiple sessions. Um, that's kind of how it becomes expensive as well, because it's not just, oh, we're doing this for a semester. It's like it's a continuation and you kind of gradually progress and build up into these lessons with your children. The one thing I'm looking forward to, you guys, though, is not having to get in that water anymore, because I'm telling you, the whole shaving the legs, putting on the swimsuit, grabbing all the bags to change out of for her and for me. And we did swim lessons in the wintertime too. It was cold. That's another thing. For your smaller children, you want to make sure that they got the water temperature at least around 87 to 94 degrees Fahrenheit because children under three can definitely develop hypothermia a lot faster. Okay. Speaking of those small kids too, Make sure they're making those kids double up. You know what I'm talking about. Double up on those little snuggy, snug, snug, snug water diapers, okay? At our swim lessons, they made them do a swim, like disposable diaper. And then on top of that, they had to wear like another like cloth kind of um, 
uh, water diaper as well. I mean, it was snugged on her. Like there was no, and they didn't even have like this like two finger check thing they would do. I mean, think about it. Like no one wants to be in there with anybody's, you know, body waste. So yes. Make sure when you're in this swim class with your smaller ones, you're asking about what they're doing to protect, to maintain the water purity. And as always, you want to make sure that they're including touch supervision, okay? So those are tips on how to find a swim program for your child and what to look for um, and the questions to ask when you're looking for a swim program. As always, just to recap, never allow your child to swim alone. They always need to ask for permission before they get into a body of water. There should always be a designated water watcher. And this is someone who is not drinking alcohol and someone who is not a lifeguard because they are not a water watcher for your specific child. They are not a babysitter. They are there for everyone. You also want to make sure that you're swimming in areas that is supervised by a lifeguard. If you're going to go on a boating trip or anywhere where there's a body of water that you're not submerging into, make sure that you have life jackets that are approved by the U.S. Coastal Guard. Never dive into unfamiliar areas. Don't allow your children to push or jump on each other. CPR, CPR, CPR lessons. Someone in your party group should have lessons and be first aid certified because drownings happen so fast and again it's a second leading cause of death in children who are young and remember younger children are not at risk from just drowning from pools or lakes but things that are in our households or in our backyard so always empty out containers that have water and also remember that when you're going swimming, that you want to make sure that your child who is a weak swimmer or does not swim at all is always within arm's reach. I hope this was very helpful for you all. I really do want you to enjoy your summer. I'm going to come back and give you more safety tips as it relates to child safety because again, June is National Safety Month and Go ahead and leave me a message, send me an email, write me a DM on Instagram if you enjoyed this topic today, and let me know what other child safety topics you would like for me to talk about. As always, take care of yourself, and remember, you are the best parent your child could ever have.